Hey there. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. I want to go to Exodus 3. And I think what I'm going to do is read the first part and I'm going to give you kind of a narrative for the next part. And it says, Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and led the flocks to the far side of the wilderness and came to Herob, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. While the bush does not burn up, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God took him within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this time, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And I'm going to pause there for a second. And I want to share with you just this little snippet that came to me. God, when he called Moses, never asked Moses who he was. He just said, Moses, Moses, but God never asked him, who are you, right? But what God does in that paragraph is he affirms to Moses who he is. He says, I am the God of. I want you to rest there just for a second. This is the part where I struggle with the, this is not the meat of my message. Because sometimes we say, Lord, here I am. And God is not asking you for your resume. He is just saying, simply saying to you after that, hey, let me show you who I am. It's almost like God gives us his resume. As if our visual eyes cannot see what his resume can do. The sky, the moon, the galaxies, the Milky Ways, the black holes, the ocean, the creatures, the sands, the deep ocean where nobody even knows what's down there yet, right? Because we're always discovering something new. But yet he goes on to say, Hey, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And all Moses said was, here I am. We're going to jump down to verse 11. And I actually, you know what? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We bless you. We, we, we are in awe of you, Lord, because you are absolutely magnificent and majestic. And we are in awe of you, Lord, because you continuously, oh God, continuously show us who you are in the midst of all of this. Lord, I thank you for everyone here today. I thank you for the hearts that are open. I thank you, God, because you have chosen us to be your vessels in this place so that your name can be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. This is us. 
It is interesting that um, we actually picked up this series from the actual show. Anybody, this is us fans in the house? Oh. oh, so you guys don't like to cry every week, wait, day in and day out. I see, I see. So this is us, a real quick synopsis about a family of five who have triplets and, and they go through these tragedies and they go through these, um, they go through these uh, series, you know, they go through life, right? And it, they flash back between adult and child, adult and child, but it shows them how they are shaped because of the things in their, in their childhood. And of course, at the end of the show, everybody's happy, everybody smiles, you reflect, you're like, oof, you know, we made it through another day. And of course, that's, that's, that's TV life, right? That's the way TV life is. And it got me thinking about our walk with Christ, too and how imperfect they are, but yet they still kept it together at the end of every show, right? They hug, they kiss, they cry, I cry, John cries. John cries, guys, just in case you guys didn't know that. <laughs> and of course, it's, 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 it's one of those things where you can take on and you can think about all these things that occur in life. John and I just shared a 12-year anniversary of marriage last week. A long, <laughs> it's been a long 12 years, guys. Long, I'm joking, it's a joke. Um, but I don't have to explain that we do go through our ups and downs, we bicker, we fight, we disagree, we, you know, we go through the emotions, right? And, you know, at the end of the day, we all know that it's always John's fault and then we move on. <laughs> we just keep going, that's it. And then we're just happy. Five minutes later, we're just like, all right, and we're good. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but with that being said, we do give our highlights on social media. So my husband's very lovey-dovey. My heart is being redeemed as we speak, and I have become very lovey-dovey. And I have given, uh, you know, we put these highlight reels, and people always ask me, people, I have people come up to me like, how do you do it? How do you keep it together? You guys are always looking so great, and da-da-da, and I'm like, you got that over a post? I said, no. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of working through behind that. There's a lot of working through that we have to get through. You know, not that I don't love, not that we don't love at all times, because we do, but there's a lot of working through that has to get through that. And that's what we do also with the, the people we encounter in the Bible. We pull out the highlight reels of people, right? We all know them, right? David, right? What's the first thing you think about when you think about David? Goliath, right? You think about Paul. What do you think about Paul when you first think about him? So what, the encounter with Jesus, right? Highlight reels, right? Noah, Abraham, Abraham, father of many nations. That's the first thing you think about. Never mind that he did what he did. And it's the same thing with Moses. And I think about Moses and I say, and we think about Moses as this fierce leader. We pull out his highlight reel, right? We pull out his highlight reel of, hey, the burning bush spoke to him. He saw God. The Ten Commandments were given to him. He led the, he went to Pharaoh and said, you better let my people go right now because we out, right? That's what Moses, that's what you think about Moses. He led them through the wilderness and one of the most craziest miracles was when the, the Red Sea split. And these are the highlight reels we pull from his life. 
And we must, and we, I said, I said to myself, I said, man, Lord, if I was at the time of Moses, I would be like, man, this guy got it together. Right? Lord, the guy you called him, he, he just, he, he got up and he was like, I'm out. I'm going to do what you call me to do. But it's so far from the truth. It's so far from the truth. And I don't say that to discredit anyone in the Bible, but I do say that to lean you into their humanness and our humanness, right? And I, I, I have Exodus 4, um, Exodus you know, 3 and then 4. I gave it to Diamond. It's very long, but I just want to give you a little snippet of what the conversation looked like with God between him and Moses. So Moses sees the burning bush. God calls him. Moses answers. Here I am, right? God begins to share his heart with Moses. He begins to tell him, hey, I've heard my people groaning in slavery. I've seen what's been happening to them. I see what's going on. And I need you, Moses, to be the leader and go to Pharaoh and tell him to let them go. So my first question that pops up to my head, I'm like, Lord, but why do you need Moses? You're God. And, but it also goes to show you how much partnership God, God wants to be in with us. How he wants to partner with us in this place and on earth. He wants to use us to be able to move things. And then as the conversation continues, you would think that Moses was like, all right, I heard you, Lord, get my staff, and I'm out, I'm going down there, we're going to march, and we're going to talk, and, we're gonna, and I'm going to tell him that he has to let everybody go because you said so. And that's it, we get to the, you know, we get out of Egypt, we go into the wilderness, we live our lives, but that's not what happens. Moses literally, literally goes into this combo with God, and he's like, the first thing he asks God is, who am I to tell him you need to let these people go? That's the first thing he says. God gives him these instructions. He gives him his heart. He gives him his backstory. And he's like, no, no, wait, wait. Pause, Lord, pause. I, who am I to do that? And then he shows hesitation and he shows doubt and he shows his limitations. And we're going to get into all these things because I feel like Moses was just giving God all these questions. And the first one he says to him is, right, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God says this, I will be with you. This, just a spoiler, every question that Moses poses to God, God gives him the answer. God is not afraid of our stumbling. He is not afraid of what you have to ask. He is, not saying to, <laughs> he is not saying to you that you're not allowed to ask. He didn't tell Moses, why are you asking me that? No, no, he, said, he simply said this, I am with you. I am with you. Before Moses had this encounter, Moses had disqualified himself as, a, as, had disqualified himself as somebody who can do something. Moses, if everybody knows, I'm, everybody knows this, well, let me not assume that. Moses was born a slave, cause, right, because he was born in, in Egypt. Moses was a target for murder, for genocide. Pharaoh at the time said, kill all the babies. And then, real quick, 
as I was reading this, I was like, I never noticed before, but Moses was almost killed three times in the Bible at the very beginning. Three times. He was killed when, when, when the Pharaoh first gave the, the, told the midwives, if they give birth, it's a, it's a boy, kill it. The, mo, the midwives were like, uh-uh-uh, we ain't doing that. After that, he said, he said, why are all these boys being born? Pharaoh said, okay, throw them all in the river. Second time to be killed. And then the third time was after Moses killed an Egyptian. Oh, did you not know Moses was also a murderer? He was also a murderer. He disqualified himself. And it goes back to God never asking his resume. God never said, what have you done and what you haven't done? All he said was, this is who I am. I am the God of Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac. And Moses, by the time God spoke to him, Moses was 80 years old. Real quick, I just went to the eye doctor. I have, I've worn glasses, I was five years old. And I bring this up because of Moses' age, because I'm gonna be 40 this year. I know, I look like I'm 20. I'll take Amanda's, uh, what she said to me, you really look 19, thanks. I went to the eye doctor this week and I took my son and, and you know, the doctor's explaining to me about Jeremiah and his uh, lens that we have in our eyes that refocuses on its own. And at 10 years old, it's easy to do that. Boom, boom, boom. Your eye does it automatically. But at 40, he said, your eye doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> I said, doctor, I cannot read the screen. He said, yeah, because your eye doesn't do that anymore. Long story short, now I have to get progressives. They're like trifocals. It's all right, though. It's all good. Oh, I'm so beautiful. Thank you. That was for my husband, guys. But I say that to say this. At 80 years old, I'm disqualifying my eyesight at 40. <laughs> right? Moses, I can imagine, who disqualified himself, too. And he's like, who am I? I have no status here. Who am I to go to talk to Pharaoh? I'm a nobody. I'm an 80-year-old man. I haven't seen the light. You know, haven't gone down there in God knows how long. He grew up a foreigner in his own town, right? Because the Bible also says that he grew up in the palace. But wait a minute, with Pharaoh. But wait a minute, didn't we just say that Pharaoh was the one who tried to kill him? So can you imagine the life of a person who grew up in the house where the person's trying to kill you? And how many times does that happen? Where you grow up in a space where you think it's safe, and then all of a sudden, that place no longer is safe. And what do you do with that information? And I can imagine the questions that he must have had about himself, the doubts that he had about himself. And then here we go. God is like, hey, I need you to go. You need to do it. And Moses is like, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm a nobody here. I'm a nobody here. And how many times do we tussle with this very question? God has called you to do something. God has called each and every one of you to do something. And we tussle with this idea, who am I, Lord? Who am I to show people your goodness or your glory or to introduce people to you? Who am I? Have you not? Have you not seen the resume that I have or don't have, right? Have you not seen? This, is, this, is, this comes my struggle, too. My struggle is this. I'm like, Lord, you want me to be able, you give me these insights to your word. You want me to preach your word. But, Lord, I didn't go to school for this. 
I didn't go to institute for this. And all God is saying, is, and all, he's, all God does in this picture is remind Moses of who God is. He's not saying, how dare you ask me that? He's saying, okay, no problem. Let me remind you of who I am. Moses goes on, and you would think that that would be enough. But it, it, it's, you know, we're human. We like to see signs and wonders and, and confirmations about 3,000 times. And Moses says this. He, 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 he goes to, um, I'm sorry, he says, he says this. Moses was no exception, and he did not have it all together. And God knew that and still chose him. And I'm here to tell you today that God knows that you do not have it together. Did I just curse? He knows you don't have it together. And he still chose you. He still chose you. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Not that you proclaim your failures. He called you to proclaim his excellencies. I don't know about you guys, but that is a game changer. That is a game changer because it doesn't matter. It just shows me it doesn't matter who I am. It matters how, how big Christ is. It matters how much he is, how greater he is than me. How I falter and fall and stumble and say things that I'm not supposed to say and keep moving forward. And all he's asking me to do is proclaim who he is. Just the other day, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I um, see a lot on social media and I, I'm very quiet and I don't say much. And sometimes I type, I don't know about you, but sometimes I type out whole things and then I erase whole things. Am I the only one who does that? I type out whole things? Okay. <laughs> and this thought came to me while I was typing the whole thing and erasing the whole thing. I said, Lord, I thank you that the only thing you have made me in charge of is preaching your gospel. Not my opinion, not anybody else's opinion, but preaching your goodness and your grace. That is what you have given me. That was one of the things that I actually erased. I'll share that here today. You're welcome. Sometimes we feel as if we have nothing to offer, but in Christ, everything changes. God is, he's saying, he's, he told Moses, I am with you. Like, you, who I am, who you are, no, I am with you. And, and what I feel like, Lord, the God is saying this, and he said this, and this is what comes to my head when I hear the words, I am with you. God is saying that he is the lifter of your head, that you are part of the family, that you can walk in your fullest potential, that you, that and all he needs to know is if you're willing. That's it. That's all he needs to know. He has sang over you. He has redeemed you. You are his. And all he needs to know is if you are willing. Not because of how good you are. Please, I, 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 I need us. Not because how good you are, but because of how great he is. Because he is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. Because he is the God who has taken you out of things that you have, of things that you know and things that you don't even know. 
God continuously, continuously gives us his resume. Continuously. And all he's saying to you is, I am with you. It's not because of you, it's because of me. I got you. And you would think that would be enough, but no, Moses goes into more questions. And then he starts the great negotiation. Verse 13 says this, Moses says to God, so God gives him all this. Hey, I'm with you. I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to be with you. Moses says this, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is, your, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? I call this the great negotiation. Can you imagine? God says this to you and you're like this. Well, maybe. Let me give you the scenario of what happens if I do go. Let me think about it for a second. It's almost like we all, we, I, I laugh because I have been in this place too, where I negotiate with God. It's funny, Pastor Rose, like, may it's called to be a pastor. And I'm like, so that word of being called to be a pastor, let me tell you my negotiations with the Lord. <laughs> the first time I ever heard that, Pastor Rose spoke that over me and John years ago. I went home and I said, no, 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 Lord, I did not sign up for that, right? Because I've seen firsthand me and Pastor Roy and Pastor Lee have been friends forever and they're my pastors forever and I've seen, right, the heartache and the, how much they lament and how much they cry for their church and how much they cry for individuals and how much they pray for people. I'm like, Lord, no, 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 I, me in charge of people? No, no, no. Let's draw the line here. I will do everything else you need me to do, but I want to be a pastor. And then the Lord, <laughs> I feel like Moses. Then until I tell that to the Lord, the Lord's like, no, this is, what you're, this is what you're called to do. Then he starts confirming it with other people who don't even know me. <laughs> and I'm like, and I still negotiate. And it's May 2nd, 2021. And I've kind of settled in that idea. I'm a little settled, not really settled. But... This is what we do. And, it, and I'm going to keep repeating it because it has nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with me and how I think of me and how I view me and how I view us, right, as humans and all our failures and our faults and our craziness and our things that we think about. And I'm like, Lord, me, like, do you know me? And all God is saying is, hey, I called you to do this. There is no negotiation here. It's not because of you. It's because of who I am. And I'm going to keep repeating it because we need to know that it has everything to do with who God is. All he's asking you to do is be willing. All he's asking you to do is move forward. All he's asking you to do is say, hey, it's funny because Moses, before God even gave him the thing, says, here I am. Before he even gave him the instructions, he says, here I am. And all God is asking you to do is say, here I am. Here I am. And all of this is in, combine, in combination with how we doubt ourselves, right? How we doubt what we can do. And, and, and sometimes we, we get opposing few views from other people too, right? Like, like I use John as an example, my husband, a lot because I feel like people disqualified him before he even got to the race. 
And I say that, and, and, I'm, and I am a proud wife to know that although people disqualified him, he heard the voice of God and said, well, nope, he's calling me to do this, so guess what? I'm going to do it. And it's not that he picked up his torch and started running. It's he, hey, I'm going to step by step this until I start sprinting, and then I start running, and then I start racing, and then I keep going. Because that's what he did. They disqualified him because of his past. They disqualified him because he was addicted. They disqualified him because he thought he was a nobody. They disqualified him because he thought he was a black sheep. And he was like that his entire life until one day God came in and said, you know what? This is done because I have qualified you. It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's not about you. I just need to know if you are willing. All he needs to know is if you are willing. That's it. That's it. All the other stuff gets put down to shame. If you are willing. Moses goes from his identity to hesitation to doubting his abilities. And then he goes into the other stuff. But Lord, you know I don't talk well. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow to speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or, or makes them blind? It is not I, the Lord. Now go, I will help you. I will help you speak and teach you the way. But Moses says, Pardon your servant, Lord. Send the next guy. That's not what that says. I just said that. He says, send someone else. Moses is living in his space of his own physical limitations. We also live in those spaces. We live in those spaces of, I, let me go back for a second. When I first read this, the response that God gave to Moses, I was like, man, Lord, that was harsh. Like, you know, like, geez, like, he's just telling you how he feels, and you over here like, but who made human beings? As I started reading through it, and I, and I, and I see the light, and, I, and in its context, I'm like, God, again, is just affirming who he is in the life of us. He's telling Moses, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're giving me your excuse about your language, your speech, the way you talk, that you're not eloquent, that you're stuttering. The Bible says some, some say he had a stutter. And God is saying, wait a minute, I created human beings. It's almost like Moses was trying to tell God that, like if God didn't already know that that already existed. And we do that too. Like if God didn't already know that, hey, I'm not the greatest at forgiving people, but hey, have you seen what, 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 what I've done to this person and to that person? My anger gets out of control, Lord. Have you ever seen my temper? Have you ever seen my temper? Have you ever seen how I've acted to people? Have you ever seen how, have you ever seen all these things that don't add up? And God is just affirming to Moses and he's affirming to us today, hey, I created you. I know you. I probably know you better than you know yourself. You know how some people are like, well, I know you better than you know yourself. No, 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 no. God knows you better than you know yourself. 
God knows you better than you know yourself. And he's still saying, hey, I see all of that. I see it. I get it. I get it. But who told you that I can't use you that way? Who told you that I can't do this, that I can't use you as my vessel the way I deem fit? Who told you that? And sometimes that's what happens in life. We're told in life that we're not deemed fit for things. And then we carry that on with us as adults. And we say, Lord, no, you can't use me because I have deemed myself unfit. I have deemed myself unqualified. And God is saying to you, wait a minute, who told you that? I created you. I know I fearfully and wonderfully made you. I know that I created you to be a certain way. I know that all of that, all of who you are can fit perfectly into what I want to do. I know for a fact that my daughter and Mariah, who's feisty and feisty and feisty and fearless, and Lord, sometimes I feel like ripping my hair out, but I know that all of her built into his will is unstoppable. Not because of her, because of him, because he created her that way. Can you imagine if somebody tells you, well, you're being this and you're being that and you're being this. I have tracked myself in a moment of transparency. I have checked myself the way I speak over my daughter. I have checked myself. Because if I understand correctly, those limitations that I think, me, are limitations on her, who am I to say that to God? Who am I to say to God, you have placed limitations on her, Lord, she don't listen to nobody, she's authority, yeah, right, what's that? She don't even know. She's six years old. I worry about her character. But in the hands of the almighty king, in the hands of the almighty king, I cannot wait for the day that my daughter in her boldness and her, and her, and, and her fearlessness and her, I can, I told the Lord, prepare my heart because I can see her going to those countries where your name can't even be said standing there she's standing there proclaiming your name she's standing there proclaiming you to the nation I can see it I can see it and I'm like Lord just start preparing my heart from right now because that's not easy but who am I to say that that's going to limit her because in the hands of her creator I was just the vessel she came out of me but I was just the vessel in the hands of her creator who put her together and I cannot wait for the day that she stands here and says, Lord, here I am. I am willing. 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 I want us to commute. I want us to understand. And I have gone off my notes and I've, but I feel like the Lord is saying, hey, I need you to recognize who I am. Not who you are. Who you are in Jesus. Who you are in Jesus. He will move the mountains. All he needs to know is if you're willing. All he needs to know is if you're coming to step up to the plate and say, here I am. Flaws and all. Speech impediments and all. Attitude and all. Because he will do the rest. He will do the rest. We know the story. We know the story. We, we look at Moses as this fierce person, but Moses stumbled to his willingness. 
Look at the whole conversation, two chapters of a conversation he had with God, trying to negotiate with him, giving him all his flaws, and God is still saying, I still need you to go. And even at the end of it, where, he's, where, where the Bible says that God got angry with Moses, because Moses is like, just send somebody else, and God gave him the answer there too, and said, okay, you're going to keep doing this? Then take Aaron with you. And God still says to him, and I will still speak to you both, and I will still use you both. He didn't say, well, you're right, you don't talk well. Eh, you know, Aaron talks well. I'll use Aaron. No, no, no. He said, all right, you want to take the guy with you? Take him with you and I'll use you both. And Aaron then falls out of the situation, right? Because we know that Moses goes. Moses goes and, he, and, he, and he's the one who leads them out of Egypt. Guess what, guys? It just went back to the same thing that God called him to do. It went full circle. It went full circle because God still calls you. He knows the next guy can do it. He knows the next girl can do it. He knows the one that can speak better than you can do it. He knows the one that has been in church and proper. He knows they can do it, but he still wants you. He still wants you. And I need us to come out of here today understanding that he still wants you. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what, all he needs to know is if you're willing to do it. He just says, hey, just, just come and just say you're willing to do it. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And I, and, I just, and I want us to know that God is with you. He is with you. He is with you. He will guide you. He will give you the words. He will give you the strength. He will give you the, the, everything that you need. He will equip you to do it. Because he does not need you to be perfect. He just needs you to be willing. He needs you to be willing. And I want to give you guys almost the permission, and I say that loosely, to stumble towards your willingness in walking out your calling. Stumble towards your willingness. What does that look like? You can serve God day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and week a month out, year in and year out even and stumble towards your willingness to fulfill the calling he has placed in your lives. Moses' highlight reel looks really good, but please make no mistake that he stumbled towards his willingness in his conversation with the Lord. And that's the beauty of that. And God not once shied away from it. Not once did he say, forget it, we can't do this back and forth. God answered every question, he answered every doubt, he gave him every answer. You have hesitations? I'm here. You got doubts? I'm here. You're scared? I'm here. You're thinking about it too much? I'm here. You're not sure if you're equipped? I'm here. All I need you to be is willing. First John 3 one says this, and I'm going to close with this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God, and so we are. The love that he lavishes on each and every one of us. Because we are his children. And here it doesn't say, and if you do this, then we are. He's saying, so we are. 
if you walk out of here with nothing else, I need you to know that you are a child of God. You have been equipped to do what he has called you to do. And you can stumble towards your willingness. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. We're going to pray. I want us to know this Jesus. This Jesus that doesn't disqualify you. I need you to let this Jesus love on you. No hesitations. No doubts. If the King of Heaven can leave his throne, I need you to remember that he did it for you. Not because he didn't think you weren't worth it, but because he thought you were also worth it. As we kick off this series today, and we have Pastor Roe and Pastor Ruben and Pastor George preaching in the next few weeks, I want us to clearly take hold of every word that is spoken and every person from the Bible that is spoken about. Because all they were was willing. There is no difference between you and them and us and me. And you see us, you know, people have this idea of the leaders and they don't like, they don't have these faults and these wonders and these things and these doubts. We do. But we are willing. We are willing. Let today be your first step of being willing. Even if you just want to get your toe wet, I'm good there. Because God is good there too. We're going to pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and your lovingness and your kindness and your just... We just thank you, Lord. We thank you because... In the midst of all the chaos, oh God, your light still shines and you still want us and you still want to be with us and you still want to hear from us and you still want to know us and you want us to know you, Lord. And Father, I just thank you. I thank you because we're allowed, Lord, to ask you questions and you're not afraid. I thank you that you are a God who lends his ear to his children and you're not afraid of what might come back, what we might say. Lord, I just ask you, Father, that everybody in this place, oh God, can see your voice, can hear your voice, can see you for who you are, oh God, because you see them, oh God, as qualified, as your children, oh God, as those that you have called and placed here for a purpose, Lord. Father, we are believing that. We are believing that, Lord, that every doubt may fall to the wayside, every disqualification, disqualification that has been given to us or said over us may fall to the wayside in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you may get the glory, that you may get the honor. Father, that as we stumble our way, oh God, to willingness, oh God, as we stumble our way for all the, that you have for us, God, 
that we may be reminded, oh God, of your love for us. Your love for us so big, so much more than we can think of, so much more than we can see, oh God. Father God, I thank you, oh God, because you continuously, oh God, affirm to us who you are, oh God, and who we are in you, which is children of the Most High, children of the Most High, children of the Most High. Father, I thank you and I love you, Lord, and we worship here today. Let's get ready to worship our good, good once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.